The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We are presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are coming to you live from the Lee Company studio right here in the Front Porch Sports Headquarters, formerly known as Dan Jane's office of WKOM 1017 FM. Happy to have you along for the ride. I hope you've had a good week with us. Hope you will join us next week starting on Tuesday. We will not be in studio on Monday. Just, because just one need of a us, break. Because one of us will be recovering from a trip to Truist Park. That's correct. To Hank Aaron Field at Truist Park. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of us will not. But Are you gonna, yeah. Actually, a couple of us will not. But yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Andrew I get just, to take my trip later in the week, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, he's gonna, gonna be gone complain. next week too. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the whole next week. So it's well, gonna actually be, Thursday. I'll be here for Wednesday. Oh, you'll be here for Wednesday. Yeah, I, I can't miss Wild and Wacky Wednesday more than two weeks, especially you know. considering yeah. <laughs> that uh, we have a we already have our lead story for Wild and Wacky <laughs> Wednesday. So <laughs> yeah, stick around for that next week. Uh, plenty to get to. In this hour, we've got Braves, we've got NASCAR, big NASCAR week. But first, we go to the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, where our friend Jeff Hem comes to you also from the Atlanta metro area as the Nashville Sounds continue their six-game series at Gwinnett, not in Lawrenceburg, but in Lawrenceville. Uh, Jeff, welcome into the show. Thanks for joining us. Chris Mo, what's going on? Good to talk to you. Good to have you, Jeff. We appreciate it. Um, sounds kind of get off the schneid with a three-two win last night um, against the Stripers. Not to be confused with strippers, as a number <laughs> of folks were when we were at First Horizon Park a couple of weeks ago. Um, ends of four games, kid. For the sounds, improves them to 25 and 13. The series continues tonight down at Coolray Field against the 20 and 19 Stripers. Um, the uh, Aaron Ashby experiment continues to be successful, eh, Jeff? Yeah, last night, and, and let me just say, I have to. I have to make sure I type extra slowly on Twitter when I'm involving the Gwinnett Stripers just to 
just to make sure that I get it typed correctly because it is an easy one to uh, to, to glance over. One uh, autocorrect. Yeah, <laughs> auto, autocorrect doesn't necessarily have it the the right way uh, sometimes. Let's just put it that way. But uh, yeah, Aaron Ashby had his his best one yet. Last night was his third relief outing, and I know we talked about this a little bit last week. He he's he's making the transition from the rotation to the bullpen because the Brewers see his electric stuff as a way that can help them this year in the short term out of their bullpen, even though they still see him long-term as a starter. And so he's still in this mode where he knows when he's going to come out of the bullpen. Uh, And in large part, I think at least with some notice, he knows probably about which inning he's going to come in. So it's a nice way of transitioning where in some ways it still probably feels like a start because he does know when he's going to get in and they eventually will get away from that and he'll be like any other reliever where he doesn't have that notice but uh, he knew he was going to pitch last night and unlike the first two where the first inning was very different from the second inning uh, a little shaky and just trying to get feel and get you know get used to this thing it is new in a lot of ways for him Last night, he was great from the outset, and Gwinnett just could not touch his, his curveball especially. He was still throwing the 96-97 fastball, but he struck out four, and by my count, three of them were on curveballs. One was on a changeup, and he, uh, he looked great. And, you know, I, I'm sure the Brewers internally have, have a rough timetable of when they feel like he could be ready, but uh, in terms of stuff and, and location and rhythm, uh, and, and sort of smoothness last night was his best of the three so far. So uh, I think he, uh, he pretty soon here will get treated like any other reliever where he won't have that notice of when he's coming in. But uh, last night was definitely another step in the right direction for him. He's really got to enjoy those two inning wins as well. Comes in for the sixth <laughs> and right. seventh. Um, the sounds <laughs> the come. Ba- yeah, the sounds come back from an early two to one deficit. They score a run to tie it in the seventh. Um, go ahead in the top of the eighth when he was still the pitcher of record. So he improves to four and one again with that two inning four strikeout outing. Meanwhile, Kyle Wright for the Gwinnett team. Gives up a single run despite giving up six hits and four runs in five innings. Gets a no decision there. Jesse Biddle, another name that Chris and I are familiar with, hmm. takes the loss. Um, Not gets, gets the loss and the blown save all in one fell swoop, giving up um, two runs, one earned, and one and a third. As, um, like I said, the Sounds come back for a three to two win, snapping a four game losing streak with that win. They continue the series again tonight at 6.05. Is that right? Yes, 6.05 Central Time, yeah. Yeah, and the Kyle Wright outing last night, the Vandy alum, was sort of uh, emblematic of what the Sounds have done in this series. A lot of traffic on the bases, but not getting them in. And, uh, you know, there's always two sides to to AAA baseball, and and it's not meant to to hide it. The players are aware of it. You have the the one obvious side of every individual is trying to do what he can to get to the big leagues or get back to the big leagues and stay there. And then there's the other side of you want to play good baseball, you want to win games, you want to have a good clubhouse atmosphere, and a lot of that is helped by – by winning and and sometimes those roads are separate and sometimes they kind of cross over and intertwine and from a winning and 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 uh and sort of enjoyment standpoint the, the team went through what i feel is one of the more agonizing losses they'd had this year on wednesday because they had out hit gwinnett 
they had uh, dominated them offensively, but they were, I think it was two for 14 with runners in scoring position and just, just not getting guys in. And then uh, three different times, Gwinnett started a, a, a little rally with two outs and nobody on, which is just so frustrating for a pitcher when you feel like you're so close to getting out of the inning. So it was a really frustrating loss. And then last night, for a while felt like a similar script. There were guys on all the time, but uh, struggling to get them in, leaving the bases loaded, leaving two on here, one on there. Uh, and they, they got a gift. There was a drop fly ball from Christian Pache in, in center field in the seventh inning that brought in the tying run. And then the sounds took the lead in the, uh, the eighth inning with a big base hit by Christian Kelly. So, uh, and I commented on the air, it doesn't, the sounds didn't care how they got the tie game. They were just glad to get the tie game because they had so many missed opportunities. Finally, it was a, it was a gift from Gwinnett that helped kind of get the lid off. And then in the next inning, they were able to take control and, and win the game. So it, it uh, from the, from the road of, you know, trying to win games and have success at AAA as a team, last night was a, a nice step back in the direction that we've mostly known with this club. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jeff Hem, the Nashville Sounds play-by-play announcer. And, um, you know, Jeff, you mentioned Christian Pache. And, again, Gwinnett is the Atlanta Braves AAA affiliate. Obviously, um, Chris and I pay more than a little attention to those guys. And, you know, Pache began the season on the Braves roster, struggled offensively, had an injury, um, was reactivated off the injured list and opted down. Um, and you see it go both ways with guys. You know, some guys go down and they aren't in the best frame of mind when they get there. Some guys go down and they're bound and determined to make you bring them back. Um, Pache struggled offensively, but defensively was thought to be major league ready for probably the past two years. Uh, to hear of him dropping balls in the outfield probably doesn't help his case in getting back to Atlanta. No, probably not. He he uh, he had another ball last night where I, I don't know if he didn't get a good read or he just thought it was going to carry farther. So I, I don't want to uh, misinform and, and call it a, a lazy play. He, he, he got a late break on a ball for whatever reason and, and recovered to make the catch that time, but the one he dropped in the eighth inning, I mean, he was, he was right there camped under it and, and just flat out dropped it. And, you know, I, he, talented kid, you, you can see the raw ability there. And, you know, I've only seen him now for three games. He was not with Lynette when we saw them in May. So I don't want to act like I've got the full scouting report on him from, from three games. You can, you can see the raw ability immediately whether it's at the plate or with speed or arm in the outfield. I mean, the, the tools are there and, you know, he had a, he had a lapse last night at a rough time and the sounds were glad to take advantage of it. Um, but, you know, you guys probably have seen him play a lot more just from your following of the Braves. I, I will say uh, it, 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 there's, there's two sides to this part too. Uh, there's the sounds trying to win games and they are probably helped by the fact that Drew Waters has not been playing in this series, but from the, from the standpoint of, you know, I just enjoy watching good players play ball. It's I, I, I wish Drew Waters were in there for Gwinnett because I was really impressed by him back in May. And evidently he's dealing with a thumb injury and has not played uh, in the last week or so. He's active on their roster, but he's not, uh, he has not been playing. And so 
you know, it's just you, you go into a series thinking, hey, I, now I'll get to see Waters and and Pache together, uh, two top prospects for the Braves. Well, now now I'm seeing Pache, but not Waters, and so uh, they're trying to get that combo back on the field together down here in Gwinnett. But the bottom line is. Um, if you are a Braves fan, uh, from my standpoint, they they still have what is usually a really good farm system, if Gwinnett's any indication. I mean, Bryce Wilson, to have that kind of an arm at AAA, I know he's been up and down a couple of times, but to have that arm at AAA, uh, Kyle Muller, Tucker Davidson, unfortunately, gets hurt. But they, they've just, and I made the comment last night with Kyle Wright, you know, you certainly have high expectations when a guy is the fifth overall pick in a draft, especially out of a place like Vanderbilt. Uh, And he's had some really good moments in the big leagues and some that have not been so good, but that's a tough, you know, that's a tough pitching staff to crack up there in Atlanta most of the time. And and just look at who he's trying to contend with on Gwinnett's rotation to get to Atlanta. And, you know, that's a, from the player standpoint, I'm sure, frustrating but from the organizational standpoint they've got some serious depth there like they always seem to with arms I kind of liken them to the Cardinals I feel like every time we see Memphis we see three or four high-level hard-throwing arms and I feel like the Braves have that with their young pitching whether it is translated for some of these guys already at the big league level or not uh, you like the depth and and so I guess a long-winded way to circle it back to the outfield with Waters and Pache uh, there's, there's some serious potential there for Atlanta, even if it's not taken off yet. And, and look at the Keston Hira example on the Brewers side. I mean, it, it can take time. And the, the examples of guys who go to the big leagues and, and have the Mike Trout effect where they're just a star right away and you never see them in the minors again, those, those, those are rare. And so it's, uh, it's not uncommon, even if it might be frustrating for a fan, it's not uncommon to see – things like what Pache might be going through uh, or a Keston Hira on the Sounds and Brewers side. That, that's just that's just part of it. Big League Baseball is incredibly tough, and AAA Baseball is incredibly tough, too. Not just not uncommon, but as you said, Jeff, pretty much par for the course. We're on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jeff Helm, the Sounds play-by-play announcer. Jeff, speaking of people that you're not seeing, what's the latest on Corey Ray? Getting better, getting better. He's with the team down here in Gwinnett, and uh, he's been able to get some drill work in and doing some agility work with our athletic trainer, Lanning Tucker. So hopefully getting closer, um, and it's a good sign that he, he is still with the team day-to-day. Sometimes when guys get hurt and, and the club might feel it's a little bit longer-term thing, they might send him uh, you know, back to Arizona to the spring training complex or something to rehab. So it's a good sign that Corey is still here and getting closer with uh, with that quadriceps injury, and uh, and hopefully Dustin Peterson not too far behind either, uh, with a fractured finger on his his left hand from a few weeks ago in Charlotte. So hopefully within the next week or two we'll get those guys back, and and Mario Feliciano too, catcher who's a highly touted prospect. There's some key some key players that the Sounds have not had, uh, and you know with with. Derek Fisher just got called up uh, yesterday and they sent Tim Lopes down. The Brewers wanted an extra outfielder for their series in Colorado. And I'm sure it's disappointing for, for Corey Ray to be hurt at a time where his club is, is calling up an outfielder, but uh, you know, things are trending in the right direction for Corey and hopefully we'll get him out there soon. If you're in Colorado, you need an extra outfielder to stand on top 
on the shoulders of another outfielder to help keep those balls in the park. If you can, if you can just play four of them all at one time, all the time. Oh, that's, the, the that's old the softball easy. lineup, huh? Four outfielders. Yeah. That's right. And that's one of them right. just stands on the shoulders of the, of the right fielder. Yeah. That stuff. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee club doing really well. So they haven't, you know, there are some call ups and, and send downs and this, this, that, and the other, but typically uh, when the big club is doing well, you don't, you see, some pretty solid, hey, this is going to be our our guys for the rest of the year, that sort of thing. And and Nashville is sitting atop the Southeast Division of the AAA East along with the Durham Bulls. Uh, with there not being playoffs this year, I guess winning the division is the goal <laughs> and obviously sending up some players. Next week, you guys return home Pretty big series with uh, the White Sox AAA affiliate uh, Charlotte. Is that how you say it? Uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. No, that's not, with Charlotte. The uh, Charlotte, the Knights come into town, and and here's the thing: Wednesday is the 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 wind up Country Star Racer night, and uh, this one is Dolly Parton. And from what I understand, when you wind it up and it starts going, it just falls over forward. That's, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that one. It's, uh, Nora, Nora, we, it, no, just leave up. Let's I, let's just move on. But you do get I fireworks on uh, Friday. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and Reba, I believe, is the following Wednesday. So we got a couple of legends coming up in the in the wind up racers. So, uh, have you been working nine to five on that joke, Chris? <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, I have. Now, nah, mm. look, man, my dad jokes are just, they're just out there. Dad jokes and old man jokes kind of go hand in hand. And so I had to like kind of pull that one together. It worked out really well for me. I thought I'm going to pull that one for the <laughs> yeah. best. I'm going to pull that for the best of show on Monday. No, I'm kidding. There you go. There now, you go. Jeff, you know, it's it's super important for folks to know that not only are we going to be in town next week, but there's a pretty big promotion going on, and if folks want to get in on it, they probably need to get on get in on it now for Independence Day weekend. Yeah, the uh, the Great American Club Level Cookout is back, and and this got started a couple of years ago, and it's another thing that it's just wonderful to have back and able to put on. Uh, for we're, we're home this year on July 3rd and the 4th. Normally, in the minor league season of years past, they do the schedule where everybody either got to be home on the third or home on the 4th so that everybody got to around the minor league world got to have their fireworks night in some variation. Well, this year, different schedule for obvious reasons. So we've got the 3rd and the 4th this year. And on both nights, there is the club-level cookout. And we've got this information all at NashvilleSounds.com for all the details. But essentially, it's a package of a club-level ticket. So you're up on the second level, which with post-game fireworks on the fourth is a beautiful view of the skyline and the backdrop and then the fireworks over the field. So you get the club ticket, and, there, and, and then the part that I know you guys are most in favor of is the all-you-can-eat uh, buffet That's that you correct. get to take part of as well. You get a pair of Sounds-branded sunglasses with it, and if it's hot, no problem, because with the club ticket, you get the uh, – the club lounge access, which is climate controlled on the inside with a bar area in there too. So really good package. It's, it's only 65 bucks and that's the ticket and the food combo. And the food goes on for two hours. It starts when, uh, when gates open and goes an hour into after first pitch. So uh, up to eight Oh five from the, the six o'clock gates open. So really cool that it's back. 
uh, a good opportunity, especially around the 4th of July, to have a small group take part in that, celebrate the 4th, get the view from up top, get the great food. And, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's probably going to go fast, and we've got it all there at nationalsounds.com for people who want to get uh, more information. There you have it. All right, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, if I don't see you this weekend, uh, you know, enjoy your time in Gwinnett. But I'm going to be there tomorrow and Sunday. And since Braves are Sunday night, who knows? Uh, may stop over in Lawrenceville. 12.05 start. <laughs> exactly. May stop over in Lawrenceville one, for that one first one. 1.05 Eastern time, yeah. Um, <laughs> Just catch yeah, a couple of games. Make it a doubleheader. Make it a doubleheader. Can't there beat you go. that. I mean, why would you no, not? not Again, the um, – the Sounds and Gwinnett play at 6.05 Central today at Coolray Field. It's a 5.05 start Central time tomorrow, and then 12.05 Central time on Sunday, 1.05 in the Atlanta area. So, Again, Jeff, thanks so much. We appreciate you, man. You bet, guys. We'll talk to you next week. All right. And, again, yeah. Jeff Him on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, and, and when we come back, big news. There is a press conference at noon today. We'll tell you what it's about. It's massive. So stick around on the other side of the break on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back to the Lee Company studio. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back in to southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint chris y'all mo Patton, the illustrious potentate coach mike and in turn one andrew moore in the house happy to have you with us it's 28 minutes past the hour and we've got some big news kind of breaking ish uh just found out through a media advisory there's a press conference today at noon. That press conference will be held by the executive director of the college football playoff, Mr. Bill Hancock. Why? Because the college football playoff management committee met yesterday and today in Chicago to discuss a recommendation from a working group of four of its members who were charged with considering options for the future format of the college football playoff. As we have heard, many, many times over the last couple of weeks. A 12-team playoff has been rumored. Discuss this with Zach Barnett from footballscoop.com on these very same airwaves about this very same time last week. So, Who's got predictions? 
Anybody uh, got predictions? Uh, I'm, I'm deferring to you. I'm thinking, I don't know, just the way they, they, they tend to run. Um, I think they'll compromise at eight. And then, and then all that's going to do is create all the discussion for the next six years, seven years about going to 12. I don't know if they're going to make the big jump to 12. I changed my mind. I disagree. I think they're going to 12. I agree. <laughs> I, I think 12 it is. Uh, and and I, there was an article, again, I think we talked about this briefly yesterday, but there was an article on Yahoo Sports um, about how Notre Dame, even if they can't win or they can't host. Um, they can't. They cannot be, be one of the top four. four. There Correct. we go under the 12 team format that is being advanced they like this scenario and it really is a win for them yeah because they get an extra home game if they're in the right. top eight. Mm-hmm. so um yeah if notre dame's happy everybody's happy apparently so not, not yeah. that i wanted the 18 i'm just just you think that's where they're going to go i think that i think it's going to be a compromise between the ones that want to go 12 and the ones that don't even want to expand it at all They'll drop it here. And NCAA's been really good at at really hacking everybody off <laughs> by, by making their compromises. I, I will agree with that. <laughs> the NCAA rarely does anything right uh, the first go-around, as we have yeah. talked I, about. That, since, that's where I'm coming from. I, I prefer the 12 like you guys. but I, uh, I think they're going to go ahead and just make it 12. I yeah, think, I be think because of the positive reaction, that's why it got leaked. They were. I mean, they they were. It, it was essentially a you know a a survey. Hence my point. If everybody's happy with it and everybody thinks it's a good idea, the NCAA is going to go somewhere else. <laughs> they they they've been known to do that. So my prediction is they're going to go ahead and go twelve. I, I think that's I think that's where it's going to be. Uh, I would be shocked to see anything else, but again, I also wouldn't be shocked that the NCAA did something ridiculous. So. Coach, I don't. I don't necessarily think that you're going to be wrong. I just don't think that that's the way it's going to work. Uh, we'll. See. I hope you're right. To tell you the truth. Oh uh, yeah, but. absolutely. It's a, twelve would be much better, uh, but yeah. it is what it is. Let's get back into baseball because we got to talk about uh, last night's seven and two thirds inning performance from Charlie Morton, who we have talked about on this show several times about not necessarily being as good as we expected him to be despite being 37 years old uh last night he was the charlie morton we hoped to get clearly he was locked in from the get man um like you said seven and two thirds scoreless six and a third and no hit finished up with um three hits and seven strikeouts over that seven and a third and two thirds Luke Jackson came in to get the final out of the eighth, and then Will Smith with a spotless ninth and a strikeout um, to say to. Oh, I guess it wasn't a save in a four nothing game. No, wow, that's unfortunate for him. <laughs> but that makes up for the one that he blew the other night. So um, as the Braves win four to nothing over St. Louis in the opening game of a four game series trying to kind of wash the bad taste out of their mouth of those back-to-back 10-8 losses to Boston on Tuesday and Wednesday night, the second one of which set Twitter on fire, literally. <laughs> yes, it did. Dang near broke it. Uh, well, that's Snickers' fault. I, I saw I saw a guy who said that 
if it basically came down to Snicker and Acuna, Acuna. and they and the Braves chose Snicker, that he would be done with the team. He would no longer be a fan. He said, I've been a lifelong fan of this team. I've always been an Atlanta Braves fan, but if that were the case, I would no longer be an Atlanta Braves fan. And I would agree. I can understand that. Because, I, would be I mean, I'd be singing Go Cubs Go. I don't know what I'd be singing, but there would be no more unsheathing of the sword in my household. You know, um, Acuna is said it on Twitter. I've said it on here. I mean, he's he is Atlanta's next superstar, you know, baseball wise, clearly. And for the comments and the attitude coming out of the managerial office toward him is getting to be a little irritating. And I don't know why. Uh, He's just a crotchety old man. Well, you know, crotchety old men that piss off their best player usually don't end very well. That's correct. He he and Tony Larusa need to go just hang out together somewhere. Hey, you I think. know what though? <laughs> in, in all in in all fairness, things have gotten a lot quieter in Chicago as they were. I think the first team to win forty games in Major League Baseball, and they they've been rolling. Wow. So I mean, maybe they figured some things out. Maybe somebody got through to TLR and got him to shut up and. I mean, Some he, kind of way got everybody pulling in the same direction, including Lance Lynn, who I nobody re- ever said Tony Lewis is not a good coach. Now, but I think there was some thought that maybe he would not be able to relate to today's players. Hello, well, <laughs> I don't know. Did you see his hat, his sideways hat when they wore the the city uniforms? <laughs> I'm just saying, clearly he's I, able to relate. I'm almost wondering if that wasn't photoshopped. It was funny, though. I don't it, care if it, it was, was or funny. not. It was funny under any circumstance. But, yeah, <sighs> I mean, when, when Lance Lynn made the comments he made about him a couple of weeks ago and LaRusa comes back and said, Lynn's got a locker, I've got an office, I just thought that was going to be it. <laughs> just blow it all up. Yeah, right there. But so, it worked. It's working. Seems to be to this point. But, yeah, it's uh, – Brian Snicker's got to figure some stuff out. He's got to figure out one how to how to be the coach that he needs to be, and I I think he needs to go visit Bobby Cox. That's exactly what he needs to. Well, Bobby Cox needs to go visit him. Say, well, sir, I don't know how much Bobby is getting up and around these well, days, but there needs to be a conversation, no b- doubt, between those two because that's. I mean, folks talk about Bobby calling Andrew Jones out, not you know. I'm sure it happened once, but typically that wasn't his style. Right. So we'll uh, see. Real quick, need to get into this because it's it's sort of good news. Uh of course it's this is this is so peak barves that <laughs> it it can't be any more barvish. But Mike Soroka had the exploratory surgery on his Achilles because of the discomfort that his body, because his body rejected the sutures. And apparently this never happens. Like this is one of the rarest things that can happen in an Achilles injury. And of course it happens to Mike Soroka of the Atlanta Braves. So apparently they are projecting a return date that seems just like a guessing game now, but they have said August at some point, but, 
I mean, I don't see why. I mean, at this point, eh, take it or leave it. Um, he's still in a boot. It's going to take some time to regain calf strength, according to Mark Bowman of uh, MLB.com, friend of the show. And, I, I mean, it's going to be a long road. Uh, if he pitches this season, it needs to be in Gwinnett. It needs to be two or three innings tops for a couple of outings. At this point, I just don't know what the hurry is. Just just give him some rehab just to get his, you know, get his legs. Get him ready for 2022. And get him ready for 2022. That's it. So, anyway. Because I'm just not sure that this team, as currently constructed, if he's going to make a difference on it anyway. Which brings us to... Well, he would make a difference. I just don't know if he makes enough difference to get him into the playoffs, which is the point. Okay, yeah. And so, again, either you're in the playoffs or you're out of the playoffs. As they are currently constructed, they're out of the playoffs. I don't know if he makes a difference. Um, I think the new Braves meme is the uh, is Will Smith from the Situation Ship interview. <laughs> uh, in a Braves uniform and cap, so makes sense. Um, David O'Brien of the Athletic um, mentions five traits that the Braves should consider. These are not necessarily being considered or being rumored or anything of the sort. He's just throwing these out there, throwing them against the wall, seeing if anything sticks. Um, all of them involve either a outfielder a starting pitcher or a back end of the bullpen pitcher. Um, Kettle Marte, shortstop slash outfielder from the Diamondbacks in exchange for the aforementioned Drew Drew Waters, Kyle Wright, along with Jaseel De La Cruz and Braden Shoemake. Jaseel is another pitcher. Shoemake is a minor league shortstop. Um, trade number two, and this is the one that Jim Bowden of the Athletics said he would be all over if he were Pittsburgh closer, Richard Rodriguez and former Vanderbilt outfielder and Brentwood high graduate, Brian Reynolds in exchange for waters, another outfielder, Trey Harris, um, Logan Brown, Kyle Wright, and Jaseel De La Cruz. You'll notice that O'Brien has Kyle Wright moving in virtually any trade that the Braves make. Um, he's suggesting, that they get Minnesota starting pitcher Jose Berrios for Tuki Toussaint and, and Johan Camargo. Also throws out um, Baltimore outfielder slash first baseman Trey Mancini in exchange for Wright Camargo and Logan Brown. And his final scenario has the Braves sending Wright, <laughs> De La Cruz, Camargo, and Brown to Seattle for outfielder Mitch Hannigan and closer Kendall Graveman. So, again, don't know if any of these will come to fruition or if any trade at all will come to fruition, but those are thoughts from the longtime beat writer for the Braves. I think the point, the overriding point, though, is something's got to be done if they're going to if they're gonna stop this one win, three loss roller coaster that they've been on and and be the team that they were expected to be from the beginning of the season. Yes, currently six and a half games out of first place. Um, 
the only team above 500 in the NL East is the 35 and 26 uh, New York Mets. 35 and 26. They've they've not played a bunch. Of games. Yeah, they, they've missed, yeah. They, and that's why we have a doubleheader against them mm-hmm. later in the year and that sort of thing. So, but the Braves are four and six in their last ten. Seven and uh, the Mets are seven and three. So that goes to show you. But the Cardinals, who are above five hundred, every team in the NL Central is above five hundred except the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, I don't know if that. I don't know what that means for the NL Central if they're all bad or good or whatever. But the the Braves uh, struggling. Well, they need to, they need to sweep this series. Judging by the Braves four to nothing win over St. Louis last night, I tend to think that the Central probably isn't very good. That's my thought. Yeah, um, they continue that series today. Six twenty start locally um, on Valley Sports South. Um, 5.05 pregame on our sister station, 103.7 FM WKRM. Braves go in at 31-35 and 35 after last night's win. The Cardinals are 35-34. and 34. The Braves will start Max Freed, 3-4 with a 4.62 ERA. Cardinals counter with Carlos Martinez, 3-7 with a 5.82. Good. Let's go get him. All right. Give us this damn Braves history before we go to Nashville Super Speedway. On June 18th, 2005, Julio Franco becomes the oldest player to hit multiple home runs in a game, going deep in the first and third innings against Cincinnati starter Eric Milton at the added by Chris Yao, alleged <laughs> age of 46 years, 299 days, to help the visiting Braves to a 6-1 victory. <laughs> Julio, 150 years old. No. Um, yeah. So, I couldn't help it. That was this day in Braves history. Does he does he keep his age like Satchel Paige did? Probably. <laughs> we just don't know when he was born because he was born in Central America, and birth records down there are iffy at best. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, and he's still hitting bombs to this day in yeah. Central American leagues, and he's like 70, so whatever. All right, we're going to talk to T. Willie. He's coming to you live from Nashville Super Speedway, where the Ally 400 will take place this weekend. So we'll take a break. And when we come back, it's T. Willie uh, to talk NASCAR on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Y'all stick around. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. If you've listened to this show at all, you know Chris and I are always up for a good meal. Located off Port Royal Road, Coach's Corner is the only locally owned and operated sports bar in Spring Hill. Bringing you the best sports bar atmosphere and food possible, make sure to check out their inventive menu, especially their delicious burgers. Check them out at Coach'sCornerSportsGrill.com.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into the show. It's uh, 13 minutes to the top of the hour. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Coming to you from the Lee Company studio here in the Front Porch Sports headquarters of WKOM 1017 FM on this beautiful Friday as we get ready for this NASCAR weekend in the greater Nashville area. <laughs> <laughs> in yeah. Wilson County. The greater uh, Nashville area. <laughs> Way out there. Yeah. Uh, I've driven by it a couple times to go to some weddings, and I'm just like, this isn't Nashville. <laughs> but it is. Uh, and, it's not, and it's not terribly close. No. Yeah, give, give it a few years, though. It'll, well, it'll, it'll bleed out there. We learned last week that south of here is the greater Nashville area now because it's the only place people can afford to buy homes. Yeah. <laughs> So, everywhere is Greater Nashville right. because people from even south of Columbia are driving into, into Nashville, Nashville to work. Yeah. So, there you have it. And those people have my sympathies. Uh, 10.05 today, practice started uh, on FS2. You could, I'm not sure if you can watch it or not. That's a, but uh, yes. you can watch it. <laughs> joining, <laughs> joining us to talk about it is uh, T. Willie. Of yes, sir, WKOM WKRM fame, the NASCAR uh, expert. So <laughs> Terry Wilcox on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Terry, welcome in. Tell us, uh, tell us about what's going on today. Yeah, we got uh, the trucks are out on the track right now. Uh, if I step, down, I'm in the media center. I'm located where Victory Lane is. If you're familiar with the track, uh, if I go outside, you won't be able to hear me. <laughs> they are <laughs> right. extreme. They are extremely loud. Yeah, they're practicing to, uh, for an hour roughly from 10.05 to 11 roughly. Uh, then the Xfinity car to be on the track at 3. Uh, then at 4, we'll be qualifying for the trucks, and the race will go off at 7 o'clock tonight. A uh, lot of dignitaries oh, going to be here. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful under the lights. Uh, they've been testing the lights. I've been here since Wednesday just hanging out in the uh, yeah, the lights have been testing them all night, making sure everything works. But uh, expecting, uh, of course, there's a sold-out crowd for Friday, uh, Sunday, uh, but tickets are going real quick for tonight's race. And also tomorrow afternoon's Xfinity race. So uh, tomorrow's Xfinity, we'll have a, uh, one more practice and a qualifying, and then they will run tomorrow uh, around 2.30. And then Sunday, the trucks will actually qualify. I mean, the Cup Series actually qualify in the morning. Uh, after they'll have a practice and they'll qualify. So it's going to be a one-day kind of a event thing for them, if you will. In fact, their haulers don't even allowed to come inside until uh, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. They're all parked around the backside of the track on the, uh, I think it's Gerald Walker Boulevard over there. So, But uh, excitement, excitement city, to say the least. Nashville is back on the scene. Uh, the, the track is beautiful, I'm telling you. They, Goodyear has worked with the tires. Uh, they found a couple combinations that work, the Dover left side and the Kansas right side, because they wear out on the concrete. So, But uh, they're pretty sure they found the right combination. Time will tell. <laughs> uh, so. Real quick, you know, this is uh, – I definitely want to talk about this race. Uh, yeah. But we've got to talk about the big controversy right now of the Speedway – announcing no coolers being allowed inside and virtually right. every super speedway to this point, uh, Talladega, 
Daytona, right. they all allow at least coolers of ice because yes. it's June. Tell it's concrete. It. It's hot. And I, and, and I believe that I believe NASCAR has always had that rule. It just it wasn't a big cup race here, so nobody paid attention. But yeah, and I, I trust me, I brought it up. Everybody brings the same thing up. You're right. Uh, I, I don't understand the reasoning. I mean, even if you even if you want to sell, you know, more drinks and stuff, at least let people come in with coolers, you know, with ice in them. Uh, they can put drinks in there. But uh, yeah, I, I I I don't agree. But obviously, that's uh, not our call. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't, have, I, they didn't yeah, consult they didn't you, come, huh? No, if they had, I would have told them bring them in. So, but uh, yeah, and that is an issue, and that that'll be probably the biggest issue you'll hear from fans going forward. So, in fact, the gates don't even open to go in today till two o'clock. So, even though the trucks are out here practicing, uh, you have to watch on TV. Nobody can see it live. Uh, but they open up at two. I think the fan zone opens at one. They got a lot of cool souvenirs. A lot of the the truck and them and the cup and the Xfinity. Uh, haulers are out there, and of course, there's some cool Nashville uh, logo stuff because they got the new logo. So it's going to be going to be a great weekend. I'm I'm looking forward. I just hope the races aren't competitive. That's something you always have to worry about. So yeah, but uh, we got a four year. There's a four year contract to race here as of right now. So they'll be here three more years, no matter what. So will they be yeah. able to pass on Sunday? Uh, I hope so. That's been an issue. Yes. Some of the practices, uh, they said they're, they believe there will be two groups. So we'll see. You know, we, we've all seen the races before here in the past that were kind of boring. I mean, that's putting it mildly. So we'll, we'll find out probably today from the trucks. Uh, if, you know, watching them, will, that'll give you a good idea of what's going to happen. So, but I mean, they're going to pass even if they can't and wreck each other, but. Uh, that and the expanding tomorrow will that'll tell us a little more. But yeah, if it's a one lane track, one groove track, uh, it's going to be a boring race. So, I mean, that that's just being honest. So hopefully it's not. So I love working here, and I want to come back next year. <laughs> Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with T. Willie, who is coming to you live from Nashville Super Speedway out in the middle mm-hmm. of nowhere, Wilson County. Uh, just right. off of just off of eight forty though. I mean, it's really not. It's the middle of nowhere, but no. it's not hard to get to. <laughs> oh no, and it's very very easy getting off. The, it's exit number sixty five on on eight forty. You just turn right there, come up, and there, there's ample parking. Uh, they, they got their soul. I believe five hundred camping spots. There are, are motorhomes and haulers everywhere. That's where we're right in the middle of that myself, and uh, it's great. They've never done that before, so. Uh, it's it's really pretty cool. So, like a lot of going to be fireworks. I think tomorrow night at nine thirty, and then after the Cup Race Sunday, there'll be fireworks. So, so bring the kids. I know the kids are are free today and tomorrow, and their ticket for Sunday is only ten dollars. So, first we're sold out for Sunday, but but yeah, you just you buy an adult ticket, you can get a, a child's ticket right next to you for nothing. So, so that's pretty good. Terry, I, I got a question. Um, I didn't think I had one, but I've got one. Um, All right. For, for, the, for the folks that are RVing out there and that kind of thing, because I know, again, there's not a whole lot out there. It, it truly is the middle of nowhere. If you roll in in an oh. RV, are you, like, grilling out or whatever? I mean, you're not leave. You're Once you get there, you're there pretty much for yeah, the weekend. Is that pretty much the way that's yeah, but, looking? Yep. 
But NASCAR fans are very well versed in what to do. Like, uh, we're going to have, uh, I'm going to have deep fried chicken wings Saturday night. We're going to do steaks, uh, probably Sunday because we're staying the Monday. Uh, my buddy has a, has a nice Blackstone grill there. We had, uh, we had omelets this morning. I mean, it's, you, you eat like a king here. But the other thing is, on 840, uh, the next exit past 65, there's a brand-new Love's truck stop. I didn't even know it was there. It's beautiful. Uh, uh, so you can get close. If I, and there's a Godfather's Pizza. There's several other places. So, But, no, people hey, that come here stay for the weekend, and they cook. A beautiful Love's truck stop. I'm not it sure is. I've ever heard it. I heard a Love's truck it's, stop described that way. But, hey, it, it, it is. I'll tell you, you, you – Truck stops and gas stations are becoming mm-hmm. much more than just fill-up spots. And so, hey, I hear you. All yeah, right, Terry, tell us. Terry, uh, this, is, this is Coach Mike. Now, like he didn't know your voice. Like yeah, you well, guys don't. Okay, come on, but, man. but some, some people don't. Uh, anyway, anyway, what's the most important part of your camping equipment? I would, I would assume that the, possibly the generator may be high on that list. It is number one. Because it's going to be in the mid nineties today, so I unfortunately I got to be here late thirty. I won't get uh, done probably till midnight tonight. But uh, the air conditioning is very important. But the generator is always number one. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Not co- something good to drink. You know, water. I'm talking, of course. Of, of course. course, of course. <laughs> There's water. In. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right, we got a couple minutes left. I need to know. Are you on the bandwagon this week, or are you going to uh, hold off? Because seems like Kyle Larson is the the guy until he's not. Yeah, I'm riding the I'm riding the Kyle train until he gets to rail. So the Hendrix cars are done. It could be any one of those four, but uh, yeah, Kyle just seems to have it going on. Exactly. So. What what was that? What was that? Uh, that Chase Elliott meme that was going around. What do you need on the car? Apparently, a number five. It was, yes, a little more detail, but yes, it was a number five. But I'll tell you, Kevin Harvick runs very well at this track, too, so keep that in mind. We'll see. Uh, he, he, he runs well on the concrete. Yep. And Kyle Busch won the last time and smashed a guitar. So, uh, yeah. yeah, in fact, my son handed it to him if he, so in victory lane. So. Oh, well, don't let him hand, don't let him hand him another one. because oh, if he, I, I, don't I wonder if karma will play into. I sure hope so. Yeah. Uh, one yes. more. All right. Before we get out of here, T Willie, we got a minute left. Let's get oh, silly. Don't ask me. I, I don't have, you one. don't have a joke today. Oh man. I, I, I totally forgot about this. It's all right. Okay. What, uh, what's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Uh, good question. One will see you later. The other will see you after a while. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. That'll work. We'll take it. Was, it. it was stupid one, but it was hey, off the top of my head. It's all you had to go. It's all you had to go with. We appreciate it. Hey, That's T. Willie no talking problem. NASCAR as always here on a Friday at the end of the show. We appreciate him yep. on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. See you. Talk to you next week, Terry. Enjoy sure. the weekend. Oh, you, you know I will. And, Have a good day, guys. And his steaks, apparently. All right, we got and thirty minutes. Yeah, and those a All right, <laughs> we are out okay. of here on this uh, edition. Again, we will not be on the air Monday, so uh, if you tune in, you may hear our voices with the best of show. You may not, so uh, hopefully, we'll get that done over the weekend and get get that out there. If not, we'll see you back Tuesday morning, nine o'clock. SM TN Sports SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter. For Mo Patton, the Hall of Famer, the illustrious potentate coach Mike, the intern Andrew Moore. I'm Chris Yow, the nobody, saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.